Hey, welcome to Dynamic Discipleship. This is Russ from ShatterTheDarkness.net on the web. This is the internet web-based uh, discipleship tool. And we're praying that God is blessing you and God is strengthening you if you've come to know Jesus Christ just lately. Uh, there are so many things I want to uh, share with you, so many things I want to tell you. That Jesus Christ is Lord, that He is King of heaven and earth, that He holds all the authority, that He loves us, that He forgave us, that He lives in us, that He's coming again, that one day all of us shall see Him face to face. Listen, there are so many things that I just really want to tell you about Jesus and all that He is doing. It is just absolutely um, amazing. Uh, the information in the Word of God, the revelation that God has given us. So if you are looking on page 3 of Dynamic Discipleship Series about our new life in Christ, I want to go over what I consider now Session 1. Maybe you've already listened to Tell Your Story. And Telling the Story is really giving a testimony about uh, your life and uh, what it was before Christ how you come to know Jesus and hear about Him, and how you received Him and what He's done in your life. So I hope that you've already gone over that, and that it'll be an encouragement to you, and that you can use it in sharing Jesus Christ with others. Now on the page, on the web, and maybe somehow you've gotten a downloaded uh, CD, a disc, and uh, you're listening to it in a car, and that's great. I would just encourage you to go to the uh, web, www.shatterthedarkness.net, and uh, you'll find on there, where on the very bottom, it talks about new life. Or if you see anywhere where it says dynamic discipleship. Click on there and go to the front page of dynamic discipleship about new life in Christ. And it's going to give you information and uh, a series of uh, outlines of all the messages that we're doing. Because I think it's a very vital thing that when anybody receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that they begin to grow, and uh, that's the will of God. That's part of what I do as a discipler. I've known the Lord Jesus for over 30 years now, and I, uh, I know He's uh, living inside me right now. I feel His presence, I know His power, and I know how He's worked in my life in all these years. When Jesus said, I will be with you to the very end of the age, He'll always be with us. Listen, He's been with me all these years. I can testify to you so many things. No matter how many painful trials that I've gone through, and how many great and awesome days, one thing remains the same. That's the Word of God that tells about the living Christ who never leaves you, never forsakes you, always dwelling within you. There is an inseparable and unbroken fellowship that uh, we have with the living Christ. God dwelling in us in the person of the Lord Jesus. And what an awesome day it will be to see our God face to face. But Christian, right now, it's about our just simply knowing Him. And session one deals with uh, how to know Jesus Christ and the salvation that He gives. This simply goes over um, the heart of God, the will of God, what it is that God wants uh, concerning the salvation. God so loved the world. You know, we've read that. 
That's one of the most famous verses in the Bible. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. He's called in the Greek language, the original writing of the New Testament, the monogenesis. He's the only begotten or the only one of a kind. There's no one else like Him. And He gave the Lord Jesus Christ up to die on the cross. Now this was prophesied out of the book of Isaiah 700 years before Jesus came. In Isaiah 53, maybe you can take time later today and study Isaiah 53 to see that Messiah, Jesus Christ, would suffer and die and that he would be given up, but he would also go willingly. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, no one takes you know, his life from him, uh, that, that uh, he holds the authority and that he lays down his life for us by his own authority. Now, on the uh, page, uh, on the web, uh, I think it's page three in the Discipleship, Dynamic Discipleship series, it begins by saying this, this is the most important knowledge and relationship we could ever have. To understand the message of God is to know three main things. Here's the three main things in this study. God is real and loves you with the highest love in existence. Number two, God came here to us in human flesh to do a work we could not, and that's the cross. And three, we can know God personally, and someday we will see God face to face. Well, let's begin to go over this. And listen, if you have downloaded the pages and uh, you've got them on paper, I'm encouraging you to go through them first. Maybe even shut off the CD for now and study through the scriptures. And I've got questions there for you and places to look up. If you're doing it directly on the web, all you have to do is click onto the places. I already have it linked uh, to uh, Bible Gateway and you can have the scripture right there online also. But anyway, I want to encourage you to be very interactive because one thing I know, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, listening to me, a, a, a brother in Christ, someone whom, in whom the Spirit of God dwells and lives, someone whom God has moved in my heart to be able to share with you, and uh, I've been a pastor 30 years, I, I, I've been a discipler and, and a teacher and a preacher and uh Listen, I'm just here to share as a brother in Christ some of the exciting things about knowing Jesus and the salvation that he gives. And even in this one-hour CD, in this one-hour podcast, I will not be able to tell you everything. That's why I've listed resources and things for you to look at. But let's start with number one. God exists and is real, knowable, and uh, he is the God of love. Now that's what I want to share. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it's impossible, it says, to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, that He is, and that He's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. Well, the Bible just simply starts off with saying that uh, God created the heavens and the earth. The assumption of the existence of God. Now, it's very important in the day that we live where there's a tremendous spiritual challenge of gods and goddesses and spiritual movements. And I don't know, maybe you've come out of the New Age or a Wiccan or a pagan or, I don't know, maybe an atheist, agnostic, whatever. Uh, maybe you've had, you've had no background whatsoever. Maybe you've had just a religious background, but you had no relationship to God. And that's what salvation is all about. It is about a relationship. 
with a God who is there. Great study if you ever get a chance. Uh, the God who is there by theologian Francis Schaeffer. The God who is there. And if you ever get a chance to look that up and study that book, and uh, listen, you might be a college student, you might be a professor, uh, you might be someone who loves to study, that would be a tremendous and, and deep book uh, to really take a look at. But the Word of God still is the source of it all. The living words of God speaking to us uh, and uh, penetrating our heart, mind, and life. The Bible is called the Word of Faith. The word of life. It's a word of grace. It has uh, power. Uh, it's active and living and speaking to us. So let me just simply say that the word of God points to the existence of God. I mean, it'll speak about creation as a whole that declares that God exists. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 on down. You can study that about the existence of God. And literally how the Bible says that, that all men are without excuse because His divine uh, qualities, His divine nature, His invisible uh, you know, uh, presence is all declared by creation. Creation is alive. In the sense that God created a living universe, an ordered universe, an order, a universe that speaks, uh, whether it be the trees, the mountains, the beautiful snow caps. Look at the creation around you. Look at the stars and the heavens around. And all of it, God says, that it pours forth speech and uh, reveals the glory of God. And so nature tells us that. In theology, we call that natural theology or natural revelation, general revelation, about creation, speaking about the existence of God. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches from beginning to end the assumption of the presence of God and that the human race, created by God, though fallen and lost uh, in, their, in their relationship with God, uh, still knows that God exists by the created order around. But also, according to Romans chapter 2, by the law of God written in the heart of mankind. In every single person, there is that sense of the law of God, conscience, uh, reveals uh, the law of God. Uh, and it brings accusation or uh, we try to excuse in, in, in our fallen nature. Well, let me just tell you something that uh, even as a lost person, I believed in the existence of God. I believed that God was there. I really did. And once I came to know Jesus Christ and be born again, then I realized, you know, all the more the one who was there, I now know. The one who made the stars in the heavens, I now personally know. So God is real, my friend. God is real. And if you've just come to salvation and God has come to dwell in your life through the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, uh, this is an exciting issue. Now, I can, no one can talk me out of not you know, knowing God. I know what I know that I know. I know because of the Word of God. I know because of my experience. I know because the Spirit of God bears witness in my heart that I know the living God. And these are some of the things that uh, you'll be encouraged to look at in uh, your relationship with God. But listen, if you go to the scriptures and you study 1 John chapter 4 uh, verses uh, 7 through 12, you're going to see there again a revelation of the nature of God. 
Simply put, God is love. In the depths of theology, we study uh, the attributes of God. That is, what is he like? What is his character like? Two of the most important questions in the world, um, does God exist? And if God exists, is he good? Well, both those answers are revealed in Hebrews 11.6, uh, 1 John 4, uh, 7-12, and many of the other scriptures you're going to hear about uh, today on this uh, message, this session. 1 John 4, 7-12 tells us very clearly that God is love. The core nature, God is immense, He's, he's He's infinite, he's immeasurable, he's holy, he's righteous. And I can list a whole number of these incredible attributes. And you'll get to learn more and more and more of the immensity of God as you study the Word of God and let God speak to you and reveal. But you're also going to find that no matter how immense God is, the reality is he is so personal. He's the most relational being in existence. God is personal. God is love. God loves you. God loves you right now. God so loved the world that He gave His Son to die and take our place and uh, to destroy sin, Satan, and death, to give the way to eternal life. For what reason? So that uh, we can be with God, that we can have fellowship with God, that we wouldn't lose our soul for eternity. So it's very important that when you look in the Word of God, just again to realize the Word of God assumes the um, existence of God. The Bible didn't make God up. God made the Bible. That's right. Over a period of 1,600 years, he used 40 different writers from all kinds of backgrounds and places to bring about what you have in your hands, maybe. Uh, and by the way, if you don't have a Bible, write me. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to get you one. Online, you can have the Bible and uh, whatever nation you're from. It's in your language, and uh, we'll help you to get anything you need concerning that. But in Genesis 1.1, uh, in the beginning, God created. In John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's a reference not only to the existence of God, uh, the pre-existence of Christ, but that Christ is God. He has been God. He's eternally God. He's face-to-face with God in the what we would consider the high order of Trinity. Uh, Trinity, the term is not in the Bible. We'll talk about that later on. But uh, it's simply a description of uh, the the idea of the plurality of God, yet declaring His oneness. And we'll get into that later because God is so immense uh, that that God is sometimes, uh, we can't comprehend the depths of God. We are finite. He is infinite. He has no beginning, no end, no starting place, no ending place. And God is so big. The good news is this, that He is so good. That God is filled with love and compassion and mercy. And He loves to come and forgive us and change us and uh, offer us the salvation. Now you can read in Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 through 16. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. God whom we don't see with our eyes was seeable in the manifestation of Jesus. And that's when you study the Gospel of John. It is the revelation of God in human flesh. And Colossians chapter 1 surely teaches us the same thing and shows us again that uh, Christ, uh, 
is God. He is creator. But he's God come in human flesh to reach to us. It's an amazing thing to consider the great incarnation of God in the person of the Lord Jesus. Well, in the days that we live, it's, it's, a, it's a day that we don't see a whole lot of atheists any longer or humanists. There's, there's not a whole lot of people that tell me they just simply don't believe in God. But they may believe in spirituality. They may believe in spiritual you know, uh, spirits and angels and everything else. So it's kind of like in, 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 in the world that we're living in right now, uh, the dynamics of this right now is that there is a challenge. Uh, um, obviously, Satan is out to deceive the human race and keep us from knowing God. Now listen, there's a scripture that's not in your study, but in, in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the Bible teaches us that Satan is the God of this age who tries to, and, and is seeking to blind the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. That's Satan's goal. Maybe you understand that now, that he's tried to do everything. It uh, doesn't make any difference. I've never met a New Ager or anybody else in any alternative spirituality that can say, I know God. Uh, God is real. God lives in me. I'm in fellowship with God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one can have a relationship with God uh, in the revelation of His fatherly, compassionate, personal heart except through the Lord Jesus. Why? Because God's ma God made a way. It's not that man needed to make a way. We've tried to do all kinds of things. Maybe you've tried all kinds of ways. It's not about us making up religion. It's about God revealing how to come back to Him because sin separated us and Satan deceived us. And we have uh, this inability to reach God on our own. But God has done it. God has done it. He has made it known. Let me just tell you some neat things right now. In the Old Testament, there's up to 300 prophecies. I mean, it was just pouring out knowledge about the coming of God in human flesh. Called Emmanuel in the book of Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus came. And that Emmanuel, God in human flesh, would come among us. Now that's clearly spelled out in John's Gospel, chapter 1, all the way down from chapter 1, verse 1 to 14, and the rest of the Gospel of John is a revelation of what God is really like. Now listen, I love to study deep theology, and listen, you can't get any deeper in knowing God, the existence of God, than in looking at Jesus Christ, who is the exact representation as Hebrews chapter 1 tells us, who is God in human flesh. My dear friend, let me tell you, that's why we're calling this dynamic discipleship. There's the power of God that broke through into your life, the Spirit of God to draw you to the salvation. That's why Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes. The power of God is expressed the power of God assumes the existence of God and displays the love of God on the cross and what Jesus has done for you and I. So my friend, as I'm telling you right now, I want you to be encouraged to know that this incredible salvation uh, begins and ends with God. It begins and ends with what He's done and how He's made a road. So let's take a look at some of the other things on this page as we're looking through it all.
In 1 John uh, 3, 1, what it, what's it tell you? It tells you, and, and I ask you the question, how do you feel about the love of God? Let me tell you something. I know God loves me. Uh, more than any human person, more than any kind of other love I've had in my life. The moment I experienced the love of God, the Father coming into my life in Jesus. Well, 1 John 3, 1 tells, tells us, Look how much love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And we are, and that's what we are. The very dear children of God, born of the Spirit of God into uh, not only his kingdom, but into his presence. Uh, the, the spirit of adoption, Romans chapter 8 will tell you. This is an intimate fellowship. This is an intimate relationship with the living personal God, my friend. You now are in relationship with the God of the universe, the creator. And he is the redeemer and the savior. And he shed his blood for you. So, um, on this podcast, I say very clearly that God is and is knowable. And that means simply that God exists, even if there's those who say they don't believe it, they make any difference. They can't make God go away by their unbelief. An atheist can say they don't believe in God, and they want to say, prove God to me. I will say then, prove that he doesn't exist. Prove that he's not here. And uh, I will declare and proclaim and uh, uh, acknowledge that I not only know that God is, that he exists, but that I know him, that I personally know him, that I'm talking to him. Before I've done this session for you today, I've prayed and I feel his presence and his power, the breath of God, the spirit of God in and on my life. So my friend, I'm telling you, just be strong in your faith. Just, you know, believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. As Paul told the jailer there in the book of Acts, and salvation means that God comes rushing into your life. And he does, gosh, he does a, a million things. But let's look over some of them. Now listen, in the middle part of the page it says this, God came here to us to provide salvation and is found in Christ. And so I give you a big section on who is Jesus Christ. To know Jesus as your Savior and Lord is the starting place in knowing God and growing in, listen, knowledge and experience of Him. He wants you to know and experience all He is and everything He has for you. Listen, my friend, that is why He's revealed Himself. That is why He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He came after you. He's looking for you. He was searching for worshipers that would be in fellowship with... He's wanted you. God loved us first. And He sought us. And if you're saved, and you know God now in Christ, and you're born of the Spirit of God, let me tell you something right now. It's because God came after you. God was searching for you. Even after all that Jesus did, He's been searching and looking. And and uh, uh, you found God in, in the sense of your relationship. But He's been probably working on you longer than, than you know. And uh, don't forget to tell your story, the salvation. Well, it's a great scripture comes out of Isaiah chapter 46. When God himself speaks, Israel had to battle all the gods and goddesses in that day and all the different alternatives and reinventions and spirits and demons and whatever else. And the living personal creator God said this, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. 
Now, this is incredible. And that's why I'm saying pour into the Scriptures. Let me tell you the three things. In the Old Testament, Jesus is seen and foretold. In the, in the Gospels, Jesus is revealed fully. And in the New Testament, Jesus is explained. Let me say this again. In the Old Testament, Jesus is seen. You can go to Isaiah chapter 6. When Isaiah gets this vision of God and, and, and the glory of God, uh, you know who he's seeing? According to the book of Matthew, uh, 700 years later, the angel says that Isaiah saw Christ in a pre-incarnate setting before he became flesh, high and lifted up. And he cried out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. In the Old Testament, uh, Jesus is proclaimed uh, if, as coming in the future by Moses and Samuel and Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and on and on in the Psalms. As a matter of fact, Psalm 16 gives us insight that of the resurrection that Jesus Christ wouldn't see, his body wouldn't see decay. He'd be raised from the dead 1,000 years before he came. So the amazing accuracy of Old Testament prophecy into the New Testament blows Nostradamus out of the water, all the psychics, all the others who are predicting and, uh, you know, and, and sh trying to you know, reach into the future and all kinds of stuff. Listen, the incredible um, uh, and infallible accuracy of Old Testament prophecy, God foretelling the first coming. And uh, we see it fulfilled, especially in the Gospel of Matthew, when you read again and again and again, it has been fulfilled, it has been fulfilled. So when you read the Gospels, you're seeing out of four great Gospels, the revelation of God in human flesh, the Savior of the world. In the beginning was the Word, that's Christ. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with. The Greek word means face-to-face -face in total equality. In intimate inseparable unity God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit Jesus is fully revealed as we see in the Gospels all of who he is, his incarnation virgin birth, his life, everything about him and then when you come to the rest of the New Testament especially if you go to Colossians chapter 1 and just read from verse 10 on down and you're going to begin to see things again as, as the rest of the New Testament, you know, again, directed and selected by the Spirit of God, is going to continue to explain and reveal and amplify uh, and point to Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, in John's Gospel, Jesus said uh, to those who should know the Word very well, He said, these are the scriptures that testify about me. All Scripture, Old and New Testament, point to Jesus. They reveal Jesus. Jesus is the center uh, uh, individual person that all of Scripture uh, points to more than anything else. And uh, that's, that's what it was all about. The revelation of God in Christ. Well, listen. Let me encourage you again how you're doing. I don't know if you need time to, to stop the CD and listen, pray and worship God and pray today and seek the Lord and, and just uh, be before the Lord. I pray that God will give you a spirit of wisdom revelation that you might know Jesus even better. The Spirit of God helps us to know Jesus better, as we're going to tell you about in this session. But some of the things that you can do in your... Uh, and I would say now, now during this time as a disciple of Jesus Christ, a disciple is a learner, someone who's come under the leadership and lordship of Jesus. 
If you're calling Him Lord, that means you've come under His Lordship, under His authority. You've taken up the cross to follow Him. And uh, you're going to, listen, learn all that you can right now about the Lord Jesus. So that 10 years, listen, I've met so many Christians that 10, 15 years later, they barely know the Scriptures, barely know anything, and their spiritual life is weak and anemic. And uh, they go through so many things they don't need to. So that's why I'm encouraging you now. Uh, let me just mention some things that Scripture speaks about that you can go to and look at and study. And I, I even encourage you to read a little book called The Incomparable Christ by Oswald Sanders. It is a classic Christian book that gives some of the most detailed biblical revelation of these issues. Let me mention them. Uh, that the that Jesus is eternal, that Jesus was preexistent as seen in the Old Testament. Uh, it gives a great detail of the incarnation, the life, the work, the death, the cross, the resurrection, the ascension of Christ, the session where he is right now, and his return. So I just want to encourage you that even though I love to study outside Christian books and things like that, uh, use your Bible as the centerpiece of everything. It's the only book uh, whose author is always present. It's the only book whose words are living. But I do encourage you to, to get a book like The Incomparable Christ and do a tremendous and detailed study and get to know your Savior more and more and more. You're going to find out that Jesus is, is and has always been. He's First John chapter one verse one through four uh, reveals and declares and proclaims that he has always been uh, that he's the eternal God that he then appeared in human flesh. Uh, you're going to see that uh, Jesus was preexistent, like Isaiah chapter six, as I mentioned in the Old Testament, and numerous other types and shadows, and. Um, and declarations of the uh, pre-existence and revelations of the pre-existent. That means Christ before he came into human flesh. Then we come to the incarnation, the most miraculous, incredible event in all of human history. We're now dealing with the Spirit of God touching the Virgin Mary as prophesied 700 years prior that she would be with child and she would bear the Son of God. She would literally bear the Son of God to the world. And God chose to come in human flesh. One of my favorite verses is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Here's what it says. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too, referring to Christ, referring to God, he too shared, shared in their humanity so that he might taste death for everyone, for all of us. God came in human flesh for numerous reasons to reveal his presence to reveal his nature, to reveal his love, uh, to unleash his works, to demonstrate uh, uh, all of what his character is about, to show his power over sin, power over sickness, his power over nature. Even creation listened uh, when Jesus uh, spoke to it. It, it stopped, and, and, and creation is obedient uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate. The incarnation literally means this. Um, and you can read about this again in Colossians. Uh, you can read about this in uh, Hebrews chapter 1, that Jesus is the exact representation of the very being of God. And so this is very important and very deep and very detailed. 
Thomas, who had doubted at one time, finally, when he came to see, bowed down and cried out, My Lord and my God! Capital G, my friend! Capital G! Jesus Christ, the genetics, uh, the, the DNA of Christ, is both he's both fully God and fully man. On the human side, he's representing us in sinlessness. Uh, in his in in the side that he's fully God, representing God. So we have in the person of Christ God and man represented, and uh, we find that his sinless life, um, and all that he was, all that he spoke, all that he did, uh, including going to the cross, demonstrated again the compassion, the love, the mercy of God, and the provision that God would give us on the cross. Well, you're going to read more and more about it. And again, you're going over so many things right now that uh, I just want to get as much into you as possible. I'm going to tell you why. Because the Spirit of God wants to fill you, fill you with the knowledge, the experiential fellowship, and the depths of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the center of revelation. He is the source of uh, salvation and relationship uh, in our relationship with God. Listen, as you go through this study and as you read the Gospel of John, you're going to look at his life. All that he did, walked on the water, healed the blind man, raised little, the boy from the dead, delivered, Mark chapter 5, the man, the demonized man from demons. Look at his life. There is none like him. There's no one to his equal. No one has done what Jesus has done. Look at the work that he did. And again, racing did that everything else. We can talk about it. But primarily the work that he did in provision of salvation. He was the substitute. He was taking your place. Listen, when they came, look at, look at how they killed him. Look what they did to him. Look how they beat him. That is a fulfillment of Isaiah 53. 700 years before he came. It talks about how they were going to beat him and do what they did and crucify him. Look how they treated him. He did no wrong. Listen. Listen, my dear friend, look what he has done for you. Look how he shed his blood. Look how he took the pain. That was all for your sin. He never sinned. He didn't do it as just a good example for us to live by. He did it to nix your sin, to wash you clean. By the work that he did, his death, um, his the work on the cross, the death, uh, the burial, the resurrection, what he did there at that cross wields a power that can totally remove your sin, cleanse you. And then God can declare you justified, just as if you had never sinned. You become the righteousness of God in Christ, according to the book of Corinthians. And you're going to get to know more and more of this as you continue to grow deep. And listen, I hope that you're excited about it. I hope that God is just filling you with great joy and that you can at times shout hallelujah and praise to God and uh, sing songs to Christ in worship that you might not only know the Word of God, but the works and the, the experience of His presence in your life, my dear friend. So brother or sister in Christ, wherever you are, doesn't make any difference if you're a soldier on the field and somebody sent this to you. Uh, and my great encouragement to you that if this is a great blessing to you and you see it as a great tool to encourage new believers and even older believers who've never been uh, discipled uh, correctly and rightly, if you think it's a good thing, download a thousand of these CDs and give them to whoever you want. 
Man, just give them out to anybody. Send them out to the soldiers. Send them out to whoever. Translate them into your own languages. Let it be a blessing. As you study through this, you're going to see, um, again, biblical revelation on the resurrection of Christ who blasts apart the finality of death. Man, think about it. Just like the Bible predicted 1,000 years prior that his body would not see decay, Romans chapter 1 tells us, by the spirit of holiness, uh, declared with power, he was raised from the dead. And he blasted apart uh, the finality of death. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered satanic powers. And he was sinless in all that he did. And then, of course, he was here 40 days and teaching and instructing. You can read that in Acts chapter 1. And then there's the ascension where he was taken back up. Jesus prayed this in John's Gospel, chapter 17, when he sprang to the Father. He said, Return to me the glory I had before the creation of the world. This is the eternal Christ who, who came and stepped down into humanity, into human flesh, for just a short period of time to do what he did for us and demonstrate his love and uh, to bring us the salvation and power and the eternal gift of, uh, of God that is in salvation. Jesus now is in session. That means he's there at the right hand of majesty and he, he will, re, he will, and that's where he's the great intercessor and, and he's the living Christ. Now, when you know Jesus Christ, the Bible says in Ephesians 1 that uh, you are now in Christ and Christ is now in you. So, in this sense, the Spirit of God has brought the living Christ directly into you, actually. And has literally taken you and seated you uh, in Christ in the heavenlies. So that there is an inseparable, already living fellowship between you and Him. That's why you feel His presence. That's why you know that you know that you know that you know Him. That's what Romans chapter 8 is all about when it says that His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we really are the children of God. The Spirit of God dwelling in you, right inside of you right now, your body, a temple of the Spirit of God, in your human spirit, the Spirit of God communicates, testifies, makes known to you this, this inside, inner, uh, unchangeable, unalterable fact that now you know that you know that you know that you know that you that, that you know God, that you know Christ, that you know His love. Listen, you're also going to know that He's going to return. A great study is John's Gospel, chapter 14. He's coming back for you, Christian. He's coming back for you and I. And for all those who've already died in Christ, uh, the dead shall be raised first, and we who are alive will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air when He returns visibly. Now that's a deep study, and we'll do, we'll do a study just on that. But listen, as you're going through this study, I just encourage you again to continue to uh, think through the Scriptures. Uh, take a look at, at Romans 3.23 and really deal with the fact that, uh, the, that uh, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's just what the Word of God declares. It's true. You and I, we've all sinned. Look at Romans 6.23, you know. The wages of that sin is death. But the gift of God, listen, the gift, Look at the comparisons here. The wages of sin. Its payment is death. Payday someday. Some will die and go to hell. Some will lose their soul forever. The word of God says in 2 Thessalonians 2, Listen, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. I, I, I was in agony at times for my father 
who wasn't saved. And for 23 years, I prayed and worked on him until finally, six months, five months or so before he got died, uh, I was able, by God's grace, to fly clear out to California again from Ohio and to lead my father to Christ. And God wanted him saved a long time ago. And he lived a miserable life. And finally, at 70 years old, he received Christ. Oh, for the glorious salvation of those who get saved when they're five and six and eight and nine and ten for the glorious things that he's done to save you from going through what so many others do that's why i'm saying be uh, a dynamic disciple dynamic comes from the greek word dunamis the power of salvation the power of the holy spirit power has been affected in you matter of fact you can study second peter chapter one verse three on down you know what it says I'm just doing this by memory because I love memorizing scripture. You know what it says? His, listen, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. His divine power, it's in the perfect tense too in the Greek. That means permanently indwelling you is the divine power of God, the new nature of God, the living nature, the living presence, a new nature. The power, the dynamic power that freed you from sin that gives you power over sin, that uh, inside that new power and, and that new nature in Christ is the authority of Christ over the demonic realm. And uh, all you need for life to live and be like Christ. And, and if you feel like, man, I want to be devoted to God, man, I want to study. I want. If you feel all that devotion inside, that's because the Spirit of God, the new nature inside. He wants you to be, you know, strong and even have a zeal about growing in the Lord and serving the Lord. Even Romans, again, twelve eleven tells us, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Keep burning in the Spirit, serving the Lord. Well, I want to encourage you to do that in your growing in the Lord, too. Because I think that uh, you're growing in the Lord and you're constantly coming back to be refreshed and strengthened uh, by the Word of God, by the living presence of Christ. And I will encourage you that every time you study, you first acknowledge the living, inseparable, unbroken presence of your Lord and Savior, Jesus. That your body is a temple of the Spirit of God and that it's an interactive thing, that your relationship is interactive at all times. And especially when you're taking time to get down and be before God in prayer and, um, and uh, fellowship and worship. Listen, just uh, acknowledge uh, His inseparable. Uh, Jesus himself said in John 17 that I myself may be in them. He was referring to you. He was referring to you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, let's go to the middle of the pages. We can know God personally and someday see him face to face. God sent Jesus Christ to be the Savior of the world. Read again and study the backdrop of John's Gospel, chapter 4, and the woman uh, and uh, her, her meeting Jesus for the first time and the whole town that came out to see Jesus. And she testified uh, concerning Jesus and this, and this incredible supernatural uh, ability of Jesus. But what he offered them was eternal life. And finally, the entire town came out and they heard for themselves and they declared, truly, this is the Savior of the world. They come to realize who he really was. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ in your life, you've come to know not only is he your Savior, he's the Savior of the world. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, his one and only Son. So he's the Savior of the world. 
He died for every single human being in existence. And He died for you, each and every one of us specifically. His life, death on the cross and resurrection provides... Now listen, go through this study and look, at the, look up the verses. He provides the way to know God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, Jesus said. He provides total forgiveness. You've been completely forgiven, washed and cleansed. All your sins have been wiped out. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that He won't even remember your sins. Hallelujah for that. Some of you were great big sinners. Great big sinners, like I was. Great big sinner. Thousands of sins. And uh, they've all been washed by the power of the blood of Jesus and what He did on the cross. Hallelujah. I'm cleansed, I'm cleansed, I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb. Well, he also includes his provision, freedom from sin. Not just forgiveness, but freedom from the power and being dominated. That's Romans chapter 8. Uh, we, the, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. And you're set free to live a new life. You don't have to give back into the old stuff. So when you read Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 about, To him who loved us and freed us, which includes washing and cleansing, from our sins. He loosed us from our sins. And He he set us free from satanic ownership and Satan's rights to us. Colossians 1.13 We're now in His kingdom. The kingdom, the rule of God, the reign, the under His authority and ownership. And we've also been set free from the fallen world system. 1 John chapter 5, study that. You've been, uh, you've now, if you've come to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you've been born again of the Spirit of God. And you have total forgiveness. And you have freedom from sin, freedom from Satan, freedom from the fallen world system. And now we're to live away from those things. And live in the power, the dynamic power, and the dynamic relationship of God. It includes personal fellowship with God. That you have day-to-day fellowship and relationship and listening to God and learning to listen to the Spirit of God and to hear the voice of God inside uh, that will always correspond with the Word of God on the outside. The Word of God is the living voice of God at all times. And there's times the Spirit of God will speak to you direct. Let me mention power and help in living. Romans chapter 8 will tell you that. Or you can read Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that God would give us the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses of Christ. But Romans chapter 8 goes into great detail about the indwelling nature of the Holy Spirit of God, the power of the Holy Spirit within us, the new nature that we can put out sin of our life and and live for the Lord and live uh, with the help of the Spirit of God and, and powerful living. And also included in this great salvation is eternal life, immortality. That uh, as First John chapter five verse eleven on down, as the Holy Spirit writes to us, you know, He says, "I'm writing these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you might know that you have eternal life. That you might know. I know. I knew from the moment I got saved, and when I read Scripture on, and I'm convinced this very day, I know that I have eternal life. I know where I'm going. And you now can know where you're definitely going, no question about it, absent from the body, present with the Lord, the Bible says. Now the salvation that God gives to those who have been born of the Spirit of the Lord is so broad, so wide, so deep, the simple basics uh, simply you know God, you're forgiven, you're freed. You've got fellowship with God, you've got powerful living, you've got eternal life. You've got access to God, my friend, access to God. All these things are absolutely incredible and they are enormous. Well, 
let me encourage you again right now. And I want to say that I don't, you know, even if you feel like, man, maybe you haven't been studying the word lately. Maybe you're a Christian that's been a Christian 20 years and you really haven't come to all these things. Don't mourn over the past. Take advantage of right now. Take advantage of right now. All that God can do in your life right now. All that God can do in building your spiritual life right now. He can make you strong and powerful and you can know Him so well. You Listen, God did not decree for Christians to live in defeat. He did not decree for Christians to live in weakness and, uh, uh, and just biblical illiteracy. He is he is he has designed salvation to be this this celebration this this incredible awesome uh impact relationship and uh he provides all the power and everything that is needed and we need to continue to uh grow up in that salvation now that we have tasted that the Lord is good and I pray that my dear friend you're telling others about Jesus about that great mission, that you're compelled by the love of Jesus to tell others about the same thing you have. Listen, if you take a look into Mark chapter 1, Jesus said about salvation, first things he talked about is the kingdom of God, that rule and reign of this great kingdom of God, the presence of God, which is a kingdom of joy and, and love and so forth and power in the Holy Spirit. He said it is not, you know, the, the, the kingdom of God is near, and he says this, repent and believe the good news. Do you know the gospel is called good news? The angel from heaven in the Gospel of Matthew called it good news of great joy. And in Luke, when there, we see the revelation of the angels, good news of great joy. The whole message is such a great thing that God loved us, that God wills to forgive us, that God wants us, that God has now come to us in Christ, that a provision has been made, that He wanted to do that. He didn't begrudgingly do this to clean up a mess. He willingly, joyfully, uh, with great passion, with great love, out of the love of his heart, he has, he has come to do this for us. That whosoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, Listen, if you're saved, you know how to be saved. It's about knowing God, having a knowledge of Christ. The Bible teaches that in Romans chapter 10 very clearly. How can they believe on whom they've not heard? You've got to hear. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the message of the word of Christ, the word of God. That's where faith comes, by hearing. If for some reason you're not a believer yet, you don't know Jesus, and you're just listening to this and uh, hearing this, let me tell you this, that getting into the Gospel of John, or reading Romans chapter 10, specifically reading the Gospel of John all the way through, God's whole intent is to speak into your life and draw you and bring you to Him, uh, that all of the content there is to empower you to believe and uh, lead you to repent of sin, to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Romans 10 will tell us in verses 9 on down. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. The Bible simply says that whosoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Go all the way back to the Gospel of John chapter 7. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his inmost being would flow rivers or streams of living water. Referring to the spiritual presence of the Holy Spirit uh, and the gift of eternal, eternal life. That something would flow from within us. And that is not just the, the salvation as applied by the Spirit of God. 
Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, uh, streams, rivers of living life, the Spirit of the living God. So when you get saved, being born again is being born again of the Spirit of the Lord. We'll talk about that at one of the other sessions. And uh, that your human spirit has been made alive. The Spirit of God lives in you. And, and the Spirit of God living in you is the, is the uh, witness of the living personal Christ dwelling in you inseparably. Now, in the middle of all this, I tell you to look up, take your own Bible. And listen, if you're in your car at work or other places, do this later on. Study John chapter 1, verses 12, you know, on down. Uh, study Romans 10, 9 through 15. Study Acts 2, uh, 21. Again, telling you that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That uh, whoever receives and believes the Lord Jesus Christ will be born of God, born of the Spirit. As Jesus declared that in John's Gospel, chapter 3, you must be born again. Not just religious, not just head knowledge, not just you say, I go to church, but that you're born again of the Spirit of God in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, in the context again of this simple one-hour session, let me just tell you what I have here. Because we only have about eight minutes left. I like using what is called the Four Spiritual Laws. It's a gospel track written by a great Christian years ago and used by hundreds of thousands of believers. Literally, the track has been translated into, I don't know, 80 or 90 languages of the world. Now, on the website page, I've got a link to where you can go to it. Or you can Google it and look up the Four Spiritual Laws and go to the actual site where it shows you the display. I've also linked on the Flash version. And it lists just simply four spiritual laws. I like using it because I was a spiritual person uh, before I got saved, but I was wrong. I was a Taoist Buddhist, uh, and I didn't know God. There's uh, millions of New Agers uh, that are spiritual, but they don't know God. And they, they know that. They know that. Maybe you're a New Ager, you know New Agers. There's, they can be spiritual, but they don't know God. They can say they have a spirit, guiding spirit or an angel, but they don't know God. They don't know God relationally, personally, and, uh, uh, and uh, internally inside of them without being born of the Spirit of the living God. It is the most powerful spiritual transformation that is, that is possible in, in existence. This gift uh, that God, uh, that Christ provided at the cross, what He did for us to uh, break open the doors in taking away our sin and removing uh, the judgment over our sin. Well, there's the four spiritual laws simply are simply this. Law number one, God loves you and has a great, wonderful plan for your life. And that's biblically true. God does love you and He has a plan. He has a plan for your life to be saved, to know God, to have His power in your life, to lead you, to guide you, to build you, uh, to use your life, to, to bring fruit through your life, to give you great purpose in this life, and to bring you home to eternity, to come again and get you and bring you and give you the gift of immortality. And, and again, a time that you're going to see God face to face. So that's why I love sharing that with people, that God really does love you and offers and, and, and wants to bring a wonderful, wonderful life in Christ and all the provisions there. Law number two it simply deals with the question of why doesn't everybody have this? Well, we've all sinned. We've sinned against God. We've rebelled against God. Our sins have cut us off. The wages of sin is death. All have fallen, you know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so it deals with that sin issue. And deals with we can't we can't make it on our own. Law number three says that God provided a way for us. That Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood and gave his life as a substitute for us, as a sacrifice for us, uh, as an innocent lamb of God for us, uh, so that he can deal with sin, Satan, death, and eternity. 
And law number four deals with the fact that God causes, calls us to repent and believe on, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus and to turn to Christ and to receive Christ. So this is the very important part of salvation. And that's why I dealt with this before even going over the assurances of, of salvation. That we know what it is to know Jesus Christ. To know what it is to accept Him and receive Him into our lives. To know how we can help anybody else. See, when we preach the gospel and share Jesus with people and tell them all about Jesus from the biblical gospel of John or, or taking Romans chapter 10, uh, we can see this study or this revealed in Acts 17.30 when Paul, who, who was once a non-believer but became a believer in Jesus, is preaching to the Epicurean philosophers and Stoic philosophers and all these intellectuals and others. He's preaching the Areopagus. Uh, this great famous place, and he's preaching Jesus. And he tells them uh, that it all begins with the God of creation, that God came in human flesh, that Jesus Christ died, and there will be a judgment coming in the world, and that God overlooked things in the past, but now uh, he calls all men everywhere to repent. There's a calling. Jesus said in John's Gospel, When I be lifted up, I will draw all men. And the Word of God, when we hear it, enables Faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So when you're pouring out the gospel to somebody, God's calling them, and God's drawing them. And you're going to observe the Spirit of God working. Sometimes they'll weep. Sometimes they'll feel convicted. Sometimes Some people get angry at first. Maybe you're getting angry at first. But that's God dealing with the sin issue and the sin nature inside of you. If you're born again of the Spirit of God right now, you have a new nature inside. You might be rejoicing all the way through this and loving it. I know one thing, I love sharing it. I love talking about it. And I hope that you'll become a believer in Christ that can't be silenced. Uh, that you must, the, out of love and out of the joy and, and out of the compelling love of Christ to tell others. And to brag on Jesus. To talk about Him. There's no one like Him. And uh, as you share, God will be calling and drawing and working and so forth, enabling people. And as you give them the Word of God, they're going to be able to. But you've got to tell them they must repent. They've got to turn to Jesus. They've got to receive Christ. They've got to make that decision. And uh, that's what God's calling us to do. And we get, we get the privilege of helping. I've helped thousands of people in the last 30-some years come to Christ. And on a one-on-one -on -one basis, hundreds. Now, if you've turned uh, to in repentant of sin and believed in or on the Lord Jesus Christ, don't forget to tell me. Email me. Tell me your story. I would really appreciate just just simply a short little thing just telling me, man, I would love to hear from you and uh, hear that you've gotten saved or that you're saved already and uh, that you've come to know the Lord. And maybe just give me a short note of how that occurred, what your background was, how you, how you was encountered with the gospel and what Jesus is doing in your life since that time. Well, we are just about done right here, a few minutes left, and I want to just mention some closing things. Simply this. Know all that you can about Jesus. He knows all about you. Know, come to know everything you can. Again, the source is the Word of God, Old Testament, Gospels, the rest of the New Testament. It is good to read other Christian books that I'll mention along the way that I think are great um, tools. Even as I, I hope that this is a tool for you. It's just a tool. But in all of it, seek these things. Knowing Jesus better comes from these things. The revelation of the Word of God, the help of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, 18, 
spending time in worship and in prayer and you can go through the psalms take psalm you know take some of the last of the psalms in in the 50s and learn to worship and praise god get a get a get a worship cd that i've already mentioned throughout this course and begin to just sing the songs and learn them in your car and in fellowship and close your eyes and experience the awesome uh presence of god uh, obeying the word of god deepens your knowing of him that's revealed in the book of first john the more you obey him the more you know him the more you know him the more you experience him the more you experience him the more you love him the more you love him the more you want to obey him and so on and so on so when i talk in this podcast about knowing and experience i'm telling you really clearly this that knowing god in the greek language of the new testament is gnosis that means an experiential knowing. Jesus said you will know the truth experientially and the truth will set you free. If you've accepted Jesus Christ and uh, you've been born of the Spirit of God and you are saved and Christ is living in you, listen, you know, you have a knowing now. You have an experiential side. Knowing and experience go hand in hand. What the Bible says can be experienced can be experienced. What you truly experience in Christ will be backed up in the Word of God. And I encourage you to keep growing. And thanks, dear friend, for listening. And I pray that God truly right now, and I'm trusting the Lord to bless and strengthen and help it and encourage you in your depth of, of growing. And if you need to down the road, maybe you're an older Christian. Let me just say in these days that we live in, a great spiritual battle is going on. Uh, even over the person of Jesus and people trying to uh, reinvent or change who Jesus really is. That's why I listed Lee Strobel's book, The Case for the Real Jesus. Excellent, excellent apologetic book, book defending the truth, and uh, it'll, it'll just really give you the resources in answering uh, questions uh, for others. May I simply say this? Uh, that God would bless you, that God would strengthen you, that God would build your life. Uh, why don't you just, when we you know, shut off the CD, take time to give thanks. Uh, listen, maybe you've got the pages you've downloaded and you've got notes everywhere. Set them aside and uh, just uh, unleash yourself in prayer and worship and thanksgiving. Father, I thank you now in the name of the Lord Jesus for the salvation you've given me and given to the friends that are listening and given to millions around the world. I thank you that there are millions of brothers and sisters who are saved and born again in China and Russia and Europe and South America and South Africa and uh, throughout the United States and Canada and friends in Australia and people that I know in, in England that are saved. God, I thank you for that. I thank you that in Korea, thousands and thousands more are getting saved. And all over the world, in Nigeria, hundreds of thousands are getting saved. So, Father, we thank you for salvation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you uh, that you never leave us or forsake us. Thank you. You said you'd be with us always to the very end of the age. And now, Lord Jesus, uh, forgive any sin in my life right now. And cleanse me according to 1 John 1, 9. And uh, refill me up with the Spirit of God so I can be a witness, Jesus. So that I can uh, just lovingly and compassionately minister out to others. Father, stretch forth your hand to heal and, and show even signs and wonders and, and pow the powers of God to draw people to salvation and uh, deliver people from the demonic. Bless again, my dear listeners right now. Bless them. Because by the providence of God, by the, by the divine appointment of God, I know, 
I know that you've gotten this to them. And uh, I pray that you bless them. My dear friend, brother or sister in Christ, this is Russ Dizdar from uh, Shatter the Darkness Ministry. It's uh, shatterthedarkness.net on the web. And uh, I hope you'll come back for the other sessions we'll do on being a dynamic disciple in dynamic discipleship.